Welcome to the Indianola First Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Our prayer is that this message will inspire you, encourage you, and launch you into life-changing action. Well, I, I love Christmas. Anybody with me? Kind of. I mean, do you love Christmas or not? Amen. And I always have. There, there's just something magical about this time of year. And I, I'm sure that we all have a significant Christmas memory that we could share, one that embodies how you personally feel and approach the holiday season. And that's such an amazing topic, if you think about it, the feelings and the emotions that we feel at Christmas. Some say you can't trust your feelings. Some say you can't deny them. Others say that you have the right to feel the way you feel. Others say get over your feelings and live by faith. There are those that say emotions are just part of the human condition. Still others say that emotions are given to us by God to better experience him. We've heard it said that feelings are for feeling and not for fixing, right? We know that it's culturally uncouth to be an emotional basket case, right? Yet we all can remember times when our own emotions have overwhelmed us. Talk about an emotional roller coaster of thoughts and opinions on this subject. And with all those differing opinions and ways of looking at uh, the validity and the purpose of our feelings and, and, and emotions, it, it's practically impossible to navigate it all. Here's what I can tell you for sure this morning feelings are real. They're real. Emotions are God-given, and he cares about how you feel. You need to laugh. You need to cry. There's a season for everything. We ride the waves of happiness and even bask in those hopeful feelings that accompany the very dreams and desires that God places in our hearts. Healthy emotional output helps us cope when we are angry, and when we grieve and when we are sad. You have the right to feel the way you feel. These are the things I know this morning. But to walk in balance regarding all this, we need to make sure that the emotions and feelings that we are feeling are not leading us. Acknowledging those feelings are real, but not letting them lead, dictate, and even control us will keep your personal emotional roller coaster from having so many extreme dips and turns and loop-de-loops. How many have ever had a loop-de-loop emotional roller coaster ride? The secret to this is not really a secret. We all need to be intentional about maintaining our emotional health. We all have to train our brains. Why don't you turn to your neighbor right now and say, train your brain. Train your brain. That's right. So this morning, I thought it would be fun to talk about four common emotions that we all experience, emotions that accompany the Christmas season, and, and maybe, just maybe, we can get better at feeling these feelings without letting them take over and lead us. And so the first, the first emotion I, I want to talk about is that hopeful emotion. Everybody say Hopeful. All right. Some of you can relate to this. You approach this whimsical season with this picturesque, idyllic Christmas. 
that you can completely visualize. It's like you see yourself and your family and all the decorations and presents inside a virtual snow globe within your mind. Let's shake that up a little bit. It's just perfect, isn't it? I want to live in there by that giant Christmas tree. I mean the gentle white snow, this is how you see it in your mind, blanketing everything, perfectly behaved kids opening their gifts with glee and thankfulness. Everyone in the family wearing their special Christmas pajamas, sitting around the tree, singing Christmas carols. The food is perfect. The Christmas goodies are perfect. The weather is perfect. The company is perfect. I mean, Clark Griswold, eat your heart out. <laughs> this is going to be a Christmas that every other Christmas must live up to. It's that hope of absolute Christmas perfection. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Maybe, maybe you need a little help. Maybe you need a little help. Let me help you understand what I'm saying. Lights, please. Maestro, back me up here. Just like the ones I used to know Where the treetops glisten And children listen To hear sleigh bells in the snow Christmas With every Christmas card I write May your days be merry and bright And may all your Christmases be wise. I, I did not anticipate uh, trying to sing while sucking up that stuff. <laughs> so we'll wash it down a little bit there. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Hopeful, perfect Christmas. And approaching Christmas with that kind of hope is such a wonderful thing. To dream and hope for a perfect blend of Jesus, family, presence, food, weather, and activity. That's a wonderful thing to possess. Keeping that positive attitude going and putting forth that 100% kind of effort to create the perfect canvas for everyone in your life to paint their perfect Christmas memories on. It's wonderful to dream big and have hopeful goals like that. But what happens when your hope is squashed by the realities of this life? 
What happens when your perfectly imagined Christmas is threatened by circumstances and situations that come out of nowhere and thwart your hopes and dreams of that snow globe Christmas? Maybe that's happened to you or maybe it's happened to someone you love. But when that kind of hope falls prey to life's realities, that aspiring hope that is so good, it can give way to all sorts of emotions. How can you keep threatening emotions like this from taking over and absolutely leading you? I know it's easier said than done, especially in the moment, but you gotta train your brain. Remember the truth of Scripture and let it bring you balance. And you won't be able to remember the truth of Scripture if you don't spend any time reading it. I think Pastor Amelia tells the kids, you out there, kids? Yeah? Yeah? I think Pastor Amelia tells you all the time, you got to get into God's Word so God's Word can get into you. And here's a great example of God's Word bringing balance to a situation where hope seems lost because of life situations. Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 8. It says this, there's a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a a time to build. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to scatter stones and a time to gather them. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to search and a time to give up. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to mend. A time to be silent and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. What great perspective. We must remember that there are times and seasons for everything in this life. And many of these things are completely out of our control. But in the midst of whatever season that may suddenly come upon us, we need to remember that he has a plan for us. He has a plan for every one of our lives. He will never leave you or forsake you. Pastor Jared just talked about that. You'll never be alone when you have him. When when, when your life is in him, when your hope is in him, And in everything he says he is and in everything he says he will do, your hope can be solid as a rock. You see, hope flows out of the truth of Scripture, not out of those things that we can control ourselves. What am I saying? I'm saying fill yourself with the Word of God. Train your brain. Hope is a great thing, but the only way you're going to be able to hold on to it is when you build it off of the truth of Scripture. That's where hope needs to be built from. It's a great emotion, being hopeful. Another emotion that many feel at Christmas that just seems to be ramped up is sad, sadness. If the sad emoji is an easy badge for you to wear during this Christmas holiday, then you are not alone. Many studies have been done on holiday depression. Last year, 45% of Americans said they would rather just jump ahead and forego Christmas altogether. They just wanted to skip it. I think some of us can relate to that. There's just something about Christmas that brings all the sadness we feel over the tough things that we go through in life. It just brings it all up to the surface and it sits on our chest with the weight of an elephant. Anxiety, depression over the lack of money or sadness over the loss of a loved one. 
be it a family member or a friend, the hardships of divorce. These are just some of the things that create that heaviness as we are surrounded and bombarded with all those images of people enjoying their perfect family Christmases. And like all those Hallmark movies and how they depict what true life is really like, (laughs) it's easy and, and completely normal and understandable that our focus shifts from being thankful for all that we have and all that we are blessed with, to being sad about who or what is missing from our Christmas. But to help you understand this a little better, I'm going to need the help of my kids, the kids here, not just my kids, the kids of the church, our kids, right? So kids, are you out there? Are you out there? Okay, I need you to give me a hand with this. On the count of three, I want you to shout, we need an elf. Ready? One, two, three. Three. We need an elf. We need an elf. Say it again. We need an elf. We need an elf. Louder. All right, let's give our elf our elf showed up. Does this remind you of anybody? (laughs) He puts his pants on one leg at a time, just like the rest of you. Let's see if we can't. <laughs> you you kind of came undone there, buddy. Yeah, yeah. Oh. We got to zip up here. Oh, you do? This is church. All right, Elvis. Let, let, let's let's try let's try to help these this congregation this morning understand what I'm talking about. Let's see what you got. I'll have a blue Christmas without you. 
so blue Just thinking about you Decorations of red On a green Christmas tree Won't be the same, dear If you're not here with me And when those blue snowflakes start falling That's when those blue memories start calling You'll be doing alright with your Christmas of Thank you very much. Now you gotta give him a hand because he, uh, he did a good job. We had no training, but he, had a, he did a good job of Elvis, like church Elvis, right? Not Sin City Elvis. I mean, the hips moved, but not too much. So that was good. As you guys know, Elvis' life was pretty sad. The addictions he fell into while trying to perform and please others ended in tragedy. In the mental health world, holiday depression is often referred to as the Christmas blues. Maybe Elvis was ahead of his time on that song. I know that this can be something we all experience, and, and let me tell you right up front, if the Christmas season brings with it the feelings of sadness over what's missing, it's okay. It's okay. If Christmas itself helps move you through the grief process of losing a spouse or a child or a lifelong friend, then so be it. You are absolutely allowed to feel blue this Christmas as long as you refuse to let those blues lead you. You just can't camp out there forever. Christmas can bring the grief of those tragic losses to the surface to the point where we feel like we're just suffocating. People are smiling and laughing and eating food and opening presents, and they're completely oblivious to the fact that you are screaming in pain on the inside. You're smiling, you're putting on the show, keep, keeping up the front, but there's an ache in your heart that won't let go, and it's absolutely real. And I can't give you the recipe for getting through it. There, there's no formula. There's no antidote for it. I, I wish I could fix it for you, and, and your friends and family who mean well wish they could fix it too. But the fact is, you will have to grab onto Jesus' hand and let him lead you through it. It's not a path that's already been traveled. It's your individual path that you and Jesus will have to blaze. There are plenty of things that can assist you on that journey. 
many of which you're already taking advantage of, I'm sure. Good, solid Christian grief counseling can be extremely beneficial. Exercise, eating right, finding a group that shares with one another. Medication can be a part of it. A steady worship and prayer devotion time where you talk to God and give him space to talk to you. And of course, the word of God brings us comfort in these moments. We train our brains in it and with it. Psalm 34, 18 says, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. That's like saying, Lord, my, my, my heart is broken. I feel like I'm being crushed by all of these feelings and emotions, but I know you are close to me and I stand upon that. Amen. Amen. Isaiah 40, 31 says, but those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. That's when we are just saying, I trust you, Lord, even though I feel weak and I know that you are strengthening me and, and lifting me up. I, I may be down, but with you, I'm never out. You gotta train your brain with scripture, with God's word. Look at what God says in Isaiah. Isaiah 41, 13, for I, the Lord your God, hold your hand, hold your right hand. It is I who say to you, fear not, I am the one who helps you. When those feelings come in and begin to overwhelm you, it's okay, just keep holding on to his word. You and Jesus can get through anything together. And you will. You will get through this. Sadness is a tough thing at Christmas, but hang on to Jesus. He'll walk you through. And there's another emotion at Christmas time that we see a lot of. It's the grumpies. <laughs> the Christmas grump. Holiday grumps are real. They're a real deal. I mean, maybe some of you know one. Maybe some of you are sitting next to one. Maybe some of you are one. But we can all relate to having feelings of frustration over, well, where do I start? The large shopping crowds and the holiday traffic and the food that makes you fatter than you really want to be. And the misbehaving relatives, kids, and the family members that don't, you don't care to see that you are forced to spend time with. And the spending of your hard-earned money on meaningless gifts and the hustle and the bustle and all those Hallmark Christmas movies set in their perfect little Christmas towns. And the Christmas sweaters and the inclement weather and the mess all that gift wrapping makes when they open, uh, open up their presents. And the clutter of the decorations and the happy, cheesy music that's on every radio station. And the noise, noise, noise. No wonder, no wonder the grumpies can grab us at Christmas time. So here's my gift to all you Christmas grumps. You're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. You really are a heel. You're as cuddly as a cactus. You're as charming as an eel, Mr. Grinch. You're a bad banana with a greasy black peel. You're a monster, Mr. Grinch. Your heart's an empty hole. 
Your brain is full of spiders. You've got garlic in your soul, Mr. Grinch. I wouldn't touch you with a 39 and a half foot pole. You nauseate me, Mr. Grinch, with a super nauseous nos. You're a crooked, dirty jockey, and you drive a crooked hoss, Mr. Grinch. You're a three-decker sauerkraut and toadstool sandwich with arsenic sauce. Put it back and get out of here. Now, if you're a, a little grumpy, I get it. Feelings of grumpiness can come and go, but when you decide to make your residence within that cloud of grumpiness, to live as that grumpy person who rarely smiles, who's quick to condemn, to discourage and complain, that presents a problem. When you live there, that's not just having a feeling or two of grumpiness, that's letting your feelings take over and lead you. And yes, you're entitled to your feelings, but remember that this feeling can really affect the feelings of the people around you. It can ruin the holiday atmosphere. And hey, Christian, try being a grump and sharing Jesus at the same time. Good luck with that. And there are some things you can do to get over the grumpies. Start counting your blessings. The old hymn says that we should count them and name them out loud. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your blessings, see what God has done. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your many blessings, see what God has done. That's training your brain. And let's get real this morning. We all have an inner conversation going on in our heads. It's, it, it, is it negative? and filled with the thoughts of the glass being half empty? Or is it positive and filled with the thoughts of the glass being half full? Is, it, is that inner conversation fixed upon everything that's going wrong or difficult in your life? Or is it fixed on everything that is right and wonderful in your life? This is a powerful thing. You may feel grumpy, but you better stop before you speak grumpy because that just adds to the issue. If you feel grumpy and you start speaking positively and you start thanking God and counting your blessings out loud, guess what happens? The grumpies can't stay. They just can't. Philippians 4.8. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, Whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. We are to think about, dwell upon, even meditate on the good stuff. It changes the conversation in our head. You can't dwell on the negative and stay grumpy if you're constantly thinking about and reminding yourself of all the wonderful provisions that you have been given. Just the basic truth of Jesus Christ coming to this earth providing a way of salvation for us, that, that alone should keep the drunk grumpies from, from overtaking us, right? And it's, it's okay to stop the conversation in your head and say enough of that. Stop it. I, have, has anyone ever told yourself to shut up? 
I mean, all right, that's enough. Stop it. Stop it, right? We tell ourselves that. We train our brains in that. Then we switch the conversation to what is true, honorable, just, pure, lovely, commendable, excellent, and praiseworthy. Train your brain. When you change the negative conversation in your head to a positive conversation, it will change your life. It will absolutely change your life. I, I got to give you this example. I remember um, my dad that we were at a, I was young and we were just going to a, a fast food restaurant one time. And um, we, were, we walked inside and I think a bus had gotten there just before us. And it was a bus of older people, and I think, and they were all like grumpy looking. Like they're all standing there like this. Because <laughs> the line was big, right? And I remember this as vividly as any, any memory I have. But my dad just kind of nudged me and goes, watch this. I'm like, okay. He smiled really big. He kind of surveyed the room, smiled really big, and smiled at the cashiers. And you know, as everybody was standing there grumpy, one of the cashiers goes, um, you sir, come on up. We went right to the front of the line. Now you can say that's wrong, but the cashier told us. It was because he was smiling. Everybody else looked grumpy. Nobody wants to wait on a grumpy person, do they? It's okay to spread a little bit of cheer and not spread the grumpiness. And that brings me right into the last emotion, happy. Everybody say happy. happy. All right. Some of you remind me of the Elf movie. <laughs> Pastor Donnie. When the store manager asks Buddy the Elf, why are you smiling like that? To which he says, I like to smile. Smiling's my favorite. <laughs> there are people that just can't stop smiling at Christmas time. I mean, they are just so happy. They are happy, happy, happy. Maybe it's because they are living their best life or maybe everything is just going tremendously for them. It could be that they have a little Christmas elf DNA. Or maybe... It's the most wonderful time of the year. With the kids jingle belling and everyone telling you be of good cheer. It's the most wonderful time of the year. It's the ha happiest season of all. With those holiday greetings and gay happy meetings when friends come to call. It's the ha season of all. There'll be parties for hosting, marshmallows for toasting, and caroling out in the snow. There'll be scary ghost stories and Christmases, which Christmas is long, long ago. It's the most wonderful time of the year. There'll be much mistletoeing and hearts will be glowing when loved ones are near. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Happy people love to give gifts. 
And everyone wants to feel that emotion of happiness, especially at Christmas time. Some of you started smiling the moment those elves started coming out with their gifts. You're like, I'm going to get something. <laughs> Some of you were grumpy and were like, I'm not going to get anything. I know it. I just know it. I know I won't get anything. <laughs> and guess what? You didn't. <laughs> Feeling happy is wonderful. But there's some things we need to remember about happiness as a felt emotion. Happiness is not the same thing as having joy. They're both emotions that we feel, but happiness is more temporary and fleeting. Happiness tends to depend on the external circumstances that we find ourselves in, where joy is more deep-rooted and profound and that it exists regardless of your circumstance. You may feel that moment of happiness when you get a raise at work or when you open that present, it's exactly what you'd hope for. Joy, however, comes from deep within you. It grows out of a, your foundational belief that Jesus is everything he says he is, and nothing that happens externally can change what you know to be true internally. Amen. Happy people can annoy those who aren't. <laughs> you got to know that about happiness. If you are extremely happy all the time, you will eventually run into someone who is very annoyed by your happy demeanor. Don't let those that find your happiness annoying, don't let them steal what you have. Your happiness is just that. It's your happiness, and you have an absolute right to it. You shouldn't even let them make you feel guilty for showing happiness. Of course, it doesn't mean you're going to go looking for sad or grumpy people and shove your happiness in their face. I'm not talking about that. But you are entitled to enjoy your own happiness. And if you happen to be one of those people who are always annoyed by others' happiness, then stop it. Not only should we be okay with another person's being happy, we should celebrate their happiness with them. We should be happy for them. Not jealous or annoyed or upset about the rain cloud that is following you around. Let's rejoice with our brothers and sisters and when, when things go well for them. And when they are super happy. I want to give you a little bit of an example of this. Um, let, let's look at this first picture here. It's, it's, it's a nice house. And then you see that they have a, a, uh, a, a nativity right there. It's their decorations. And um, I, I got to tell you, Pastor Dave and Sarah are here this morning. Um, this is their house. Isn't that beautiful? Nice nativity. Give them a hand. That's beautiful. And, and they're pretty happy people. I think they're happy with this and all. Um, but, but, but then um, there, there's, let's see another house here. Okay, that's somebody who's really happy. Maybe for some of us, annoyingly happy. Borderline crazy happy, right? Here's the deal. Show the next picture. It's right next to Dave's house. I mean, some of you would be like, you'd grinch it out a little bit and maybe secretly go over and pop a few of those, right? Just get rid of them. Let's just deflate them. But not Dave and Sarah. They're happy people and they don't care if people are even more happy than they are. <laughs> Crazy happy even. I love, the, I love that picture. Romans 12, 15, rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep. 
Remember, happiness is a feeling, and most of the time, happiness is fleeting. Things will happen, circumstances and situations that can move you into different emotional seasons. Don't ever lose your joy. That's foundational upon Jesus Christ and the truth that he is. And don't rob anyone else of their own season of happiness. Again, this requires all of us to be in that perpetual mode of training our brains. 2 Corinthians 10.5 says, We are destroying arguments and all arrogance raised up against the knowledge of God, and we are taking every thought captive. Think about that. We take every thought that goes through here, we take it captive, and we make it obedient to Christ. Emotions we feel at Christmas can be powerful, church, and most of you know that. It's okay to feel those things. It, just, just be careful not to let those feelings and emotions take over and lead you. They are God-given to help us get through this life in a healthy and victorious way. But we have to avoid getting stuck in them to the point where they're controlling or leading us. It's a great practice to take note of what you're feeling and give yourself permission to feel it. But always take those feelings and emotions and look at them through the truth filter of God's word. The truth filter. Everyone say truth filter. That's God's word. It's the only thing you can absolutely 100% always rely on, take it to the bank. It's solid. It's our truth filter. And we look at those feelings and emotions through that tr truth filter. We've got to train our brains to what is biblically true and not let our emotions define the truth for us. So today, let's hear it for the hopeful ones in here. Let's hear it for them. And let's love on those that are approaching this Christmas season with some sadness. Let's be there for them. Let's put our armor on them. Let's not try to give them all the answers. Let's just sit with them and love on them just being there. Letting Jesus and they walk through this thing that they have to walk through. And let's give a little understanding for the Christmas grumps. But let's lovingly, you know, remind them to always count their blessings. It doesn't matter what you're going through. There's always somebody who's going through worse. Well, that's impossible. I, it's not. And that doesn't, that doesn't take away your, your, uh, your right to feel how you feel. And let's rejoice with the happy ones as we celebrate all the festivities of this Christmas season. Any happy ones out there today? Yeah. All right. Well, let's, let's close in prayer. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you are a God that not, not only gave us emotion, but you feel emotion. We see in your word times when you feel emotion. And we're created in your image. God, we're thankful for those feelings, those emotions, even when they're tough ones to possess in the moment. But God, we know that they're just, leading, they're, they're just helping us get through and, and helping us adjust to the, the circumstances and situations that we go through in this world. And ultimately, they do help us draw close to you. God, I pray that you would help us always keep your word as our truth filter. Lord, that we'd filter those feelings, those emotions through your word. And God, even when we feel them, we would, we would not get stuck in them. Let this Christmas be a time of healing, of hope, 
happiness, of joy. God, let it be a time where we can just focus in on you and let the things of this world grow strangely dim. We love you, Jesus, and we praise you for who you are. In your name, amen. Thanks for being a part of the Indianola First podcast. Join us next week to stay updated on our latest messages.